So for this episode, I got to sit down with Sam Farley. Sam is the director of sales for Rock Realty Partners out of Colorado. Um, They actually began in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but he was the expansion partner in Denver um, and ended up getting the role of director of sales in that area. And, you know, Sam is a super hardworking guy. He's building a team right now and he has seven agents at, at the moment. I'm looking to build that to about 12 in the next five years. And the thing about Sam is that he ran a media company right out of uh, college. So he was a psychology major in college and then ran a media company right out of that for about 10 years or so. So working with salespeople and things like that is a bit of a different sort of endeavor for him when it comes to managing salespeople. And he's been in this for about six months to a year and again, he's already done in his first year of real estate, 11 transactions totaling about five and a half million dollars of sales volume and looking to double that and is on pace to double, if not triple that this year while managing a team of seven agents. And, you know, like I said, with, with somebody like Sam, who's so new to the real estate industry, so to speak, and especially managing a team of multiple salespeople. Uh, to, to do all that and have all that success in under a year is is remarkable to me. I think that our conversation was awesome. He, he brought so much value. And as somebody who's looking to eventually open their own team of agents, he has a ton of knowledge already to help me out and kind of help guide me in the right direction as well. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Sam. Great, so I took over uh, the director of sales role for Rock Real Estate Partners back in September of 2023. And uh, the reason I took over, so I guess now is, I guess, a chance to rewind a little bit because you kind of need some context, I think. Um, I was the expansion partner originally for Rock Real Estate out to Colorado. They were started by, it was started by Ramon Casas and Alex Cordova in Albuquerque, New Mexico in, I think, 2015 or 2016. And they expanded into Arizona. And then uh, in 2022 was time for them to start expanding into other parts of the West. And they wanted to expand into Colorado. I got connected with them. Uh, At the time, I was also kind of going through a transition uh, before I got connected with them. I was a solo agent with eXp. And I'm sure a lot of people kind of out there that are potentially listening to this as agents have kind of a similar experience where when you get your license and you're kind of freshly licensed, even if you do one or two or three transactions on your own, whether it's selling your own property or whatever, you still don't really have all of the structure and the framework to go just like execute a new business. So that's what I was really looking for. And as I was trying to kind of navigate those waters as a solo agent, I was trying to figure figure that out. And that's when I, you know, I did interviews. I got, you know, an offer to join up at Berkshire Hathaway here, like five or six other different brokerages that I kind of, you know, got offers to, to join and uh, got in kind of linked up with the guys at Rock just through, I think it was like just some online recruiting that, uh, that I ended up kind of getting involved in the interview process, but then talked with Ramon, talked with everybody and ended up like really agreeing with, you know, like we've talked about a little bit in the past with, uh, with place and kind of the technology that, that we bring to the table. I was like, okay, you know, this kind of, this, this makes sense. Right. And uh, I went through their launch program and then basically just hit the ground running. Uh, 2023 uh, last year was my first full year, uh, full time in real estate. I'd owned a media company for the last uh, <clears throat> seven or eight years before then, starting in 2016. So it was my first full year. I got interested and involved flipping in real estate in 2019, but 2023 uh, was my first full year away from my media company doing real estate full time. And last year I did 11 transactions at just, I think, just under five and a half million uh, total. So Pretty good first year, especially considering you know the uh, the conditions of the economy and what happened with interest rates and stuff Absolutely. like that. So I was pretty happy. 
I was pretty happy with it. And over that last year, kind of rounding back to how we started this question, um, there were a couple other people that were brought on uh, for the role <clears throat> for the role of sales director for the team. And um, for just whatever reasons, life circumstances uh, during the course of that year, they ended up not working out in the role. And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, this past September, September of 2023, uh, it kind of just made sense to kind of, you know, toss my hat in the in the ring of, uh, you know, hey, guys, you know, I just talking to Ramon and the other leadership uh, group at, at Rock and saying, hey, you know, instead of bringing in, you know, a third outside, you know, candidate to try to run this team, why don't why and I just, you know, give it a, give it a run myself. And everybody kind of agreed, like, you know, that kind of makes sense. And I've been, I've been running with it since and taking it over since September. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's interesting. And that's a cool approach that you had too, because like, um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm actually reading right now is, is choose your enemies wisely by Patrick bet David. But the last book that I read was your next five moves. And one of the things he talks about, he differentiates the entrepreneur from the entrepreneur and they have the same mindset. The only difference is one has the security, so to speak. I mean, I know we're all agents, so we're 1099. But at the end of the day, like working under a brokerage and having a job with them while still having that entrepreneur spirit, like kind of what you did positioning yourself saying, hey, listen, like I'm, I'm willing to, as somebody part of the company now, I'm willing to grow this company using my entrepreneurial sort of background and, and kind of how you go about things. Um, and I don't know, I just, it was interesting to make that connection. Um, you know, like I said, with, with the two different people, but it's, it's very similar in how they, you know, both operate on a day-to-day -day basis. And the other interesting thing you said is the media company. So you were doing that for like seven or eight years. That's a yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I graduated with my uh, Bachelor of Science in Psychology and a certificate in Creative Writing and Publishing from Drexel University back in Philadelphia in uh, 2015. I think I graduated in June or May of 2015, and uh, I moved to Colorado right away in like July, <clears throat> uh, July or August. I think I was here. I was here by August, so end of July, call it, of 2015 is when I moved out here to Colorado, and uh, kind of immediately, uh, just from kind of my previous experiences, got linked up with a couple of magazines and. Started, to, started off as a staff writer and a photographer for one of the magazines out here covering the cannabis industry. And uh, that's kind of where I got my foot in the door to, to that scene. And then fast forward to March of 2016, that's when I was kind of like, okay, you know, let's uh, let's start a media company. I can kind of saw, saw a lane that, uh, that wasn't being uh, kind of executed and uh, started MHPC Media, Mile High Photography and Consulting. And uh, basically ran that as an S corp with uh, just me as my own, you know, solo employee with the company uh, since uh, 2016, and did a lot of uh, fun, successful stuff. It was really enjoyable for the time that I ran that company. And then, uh, kind of fast forwarding to you know 2019, my father passed away, and I was given a really tiny, uh, tiny inheritance from him. I didn't come from a family that like really like had a bunch of money or trust funds or stuff like that or properties. To properties to pass down, you know, none of that stuff. So I got about $15,000 and that was enough to pay off some credit cards and give me a little bit of extra cash for a down payment. Um, I bought a property in Golden and uh, in Golden, Colorado, a little townhouse that needed a lot of work. It was from the seventies, early seventies, and was basically all original to the seventies. Nice. Um, I, I did a, what's called a, you know, your live in house hack. Um, I bought it, moved in, uh, immediately started renovating the place. Not me. I'm not that handy. I should have learned some more stuff from, from my dad, but hired contractors, thankfully hired some good people, redid the bathroom, redid the kitchen, backsplash countertops, put in a brand new larger deck in the back. And, uh, it just happened to work out that, uh, the HOA covered brand new siding, uh, right before I started to hit that sell button, I got my license, my real estate license, the last six months of living there. And that was really a uh, kind of an experience that kind of 
kind of jump started the real estate side of things. And I was that was kind of a pivotal moment, so to speak, for me, where I was like, okay, the, you know, the media company is great and it's been a lot of fun, but long term, you know, where do I really think is going to be the most fruitful for for my family, for my career, down, long long term? And you know, real estate was just where it's at. So right, right, right. jumped in, jumped in ten toes. There you go. I, so did you sell the media company? Did you just shut it down? So I still own it, and I still do little you know tidbits here and there for different companies and different people that i'm still connected with here and there but for the most part i've kind of just shut it down for the most part so it's like a i guess you can call it a side hustle now yeah okay that makes sense i mean because anyone i see who has a media company it's a lot more um of of financial and clock investment you know what i mean like you're putting hours into those companies because i realistically any service business right i mean you're you're obviously a realtor too so you understand putting the hours in as a service business but it's one thing to have like a sort of uh, i don't want to say that the media is not a professional environment but like real estate's a very cut and dry black and white you know there's it's 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 a professional industry and it's not as professional in the media industry. So trying to break oh, through like that, I can imagine it's not like it's, a... it's totally different. I know that we're going to probably cover it a little bit later on in the conversation in terms of less like the perspective, I think that I brought from the media company to real estate. But I mean, the, the work life balance, the overall lifestyle, you know, running my media company, you know, it was great. I enjoyed it. I did some really fun stuff, cool stuff. I was able to make a living with my camera doing fun stuff for a long time, but you're working 60, 80 hours a week. You know, I'm editing all the time. I'm always at a company, at a business, shooting content, editing content, posting content, holidays, weekends, nights, all of that stuff. There's never, like you said, kind of that just nice, consistent kind of outline where, Hey, I know if I've got all my stuff done by five or six o'clock, I can probably call it and like, you know, go spend time with my fiance or, you know, go out to dinner or take a walk with my dogs or whatever it might be. When with the media company, it was basically kind of always seven days a week, you know, 18 hours a day kind of thing. So organizing a real estate business, I think is a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and also most people work like, or most people operate at the same hours that you want to operate at. You know what I mean? Like, like as a realtor, no one's, no one's doing showings at nine o'clock at night. So like you usually get nine o'clock at night off. It's not that, um, it's it's not that demanding at that hour of the night. So, you know, that, that's interesting though. But one of the things that I I always love to hear, uh, most of the people who come on here are real estate people, but regardless, like, you know, you made that switch from, well, going back to college, you said you graduated as a science major. Uh, psychology, bachelor of oh, science and psychology. Science and psychology. Okay. So was the plan to do anything with that major or with that degree or because the media company, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't seem like it has much to do with psychology and science. So interestingly enough, it's all interconnected to psychology in some way because it's all human connection. It's all selling and, you know, relational and stuff like that. So <clears throat> it all ends up being related to psychology in some way. But I got my degree in psychology because when I was younger, I actually fractured my skull uh, in a skateboarding accident. And then I had five other concussions by the time I got to high school. I used to play a lot of sports competitively. I used to play soccer and lacrosse Sounds and like football it. and stuff like that. And uh, by the time I got to high school with my head injuries, the doctors, my neurologists actually wouldn't sign off on like the school, whatever school papers, you know, my, my mom had to sign back in the day to get me to play in school sports. My doctors wouldn't sign those papers because I had too many head injuries, basically. And they yeah. gave me two options. 
decided if I wanted to keep playing like high school athletics and like stay competitive because uh, I had played like travel baseball and like I basically been, been playing sports my whole life. They said you could play tennis or golf because those have the least likelihood of, of you having a head injury. So I started playing golf. And then when I went to college, I was the first person in my family to, to go to college. And I started off as a business major. I started studying at the business school. And uh, when I was 18, you know, starting at business school, it, the content, I should say, of the business curriculum didn't really resonate with what I was trying to get out of the college experience in terms of my education, if that made sense at the time. Yep. So for me, I pivoted to psychology, wanting to learn more about my own brain, human nature, the psychology of humans, business, organizational psychology, you know, all of that stuff. And it ended up being a lot more of a rewarding four years for me getting my, my BS in psychology and then ended up, you know, moving out here and starting a business right away. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause you make a good point. Like, like depending on what level of marketing you provide as a service, absolutely. I think the psychology is intertwined. Like for a, you know, for a simple, I mean, I guess editing, right? If you're editing like a video and you're, you're trying to pick thumbnails, obviously those are going to be, um, you know, a little more psychology driven. I think it's really more actually the the sales side of things because really any any company whether you're in real estate or, or media at the end of the day you're selling some type of service so as the media company what my service was i used to run social media accounts for for various large companies i used to run a facebook account that had five hundred thousand uh followers to it instagram accounts with 80 100 000 followers like large social media accounts and stuff like that so when it comes to showing up at a business and being able to kind of sell a service in terms of photography you know content stuff like that whatever it might be you know maybe you're uh you know a landscaper and you do great lawn work, you know, whatever it might be at the end of the day, it's still connecting with someone else and selling that service. So to me, some of the stuff that I learned uh, was definitely really valuable, both from a personal and, and professional perspective. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so I, didn't, I never, I never had any intention to like go to like, I guess like grad school for psychology. Yeah. Right. Um, like pursue the research side of psychology. I kind of, right. I got it to establish what I needed to from it and then kind of use it for, right. for business, honestly. So yeah, sort of like the most the most probable tool that you're gonna have to use in everyday life, depend for whatever scenario you think that you'll be in, you know, for whatever path takes you. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun um, overall, you know. So there's there's definitely been some some correlation for me, and I uh, yeah. I know some people regret, I guess, what they what they study in college, or yeah. they don't end up using, I guess, what they studied in college in their careers. But I, I did enjoy it, and I, I do find that I use quite a bit of it. So it's good. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting too because like. I, I'm very critical of college, mostly because of its price, but you know, obviously, you know, there's other reasons why you can be critical just because half the companies right now are even dropping a a necessity for a bachelor's degree. But like, you know, I, I think that's, that somebody who's listening to you right now might be able to benefit from what you just said, which is like, or what we kind of just discussed, which is like you went in and you realized the business school wasn't for you and you realized it wasn't for you early on. So that's number one. I think too many people, for lack of a better term, fuck off for too long in the beginning of college. And then they don't, they realize by their sophomore or junior year, oh shit, well, actually, I, I, I haven't really been paying attention to what I'm learning. Now I'm in junior year, things are starting to get real and I don't even like what I'm doing. So, Number one, I think that you got to figure it out very early. Number two, you had a good approach. You didn't look at psychology as, as, like your what what the the degree or the job that you get is not going to be reliant on the degree that you get. You're only utilizing college as a tool in your back pocket for whatever like business or industry you want to go into in the future. And so, 
for that reason, I think that college is super, super beneficial. I mean, maybe not if you're paying eighty thousand dollars a year. Maybe you could get away with like a a couple yeah, no, courses, but who knows? Yeah, no, there's definitely a debate for obviously everybody's in their own kind of individual circumstance of whether college makes sense or doesn't make sense. Um, for me, especially, you know, just how I grew up with my family, you know, being the first person to have the chance to go to college and get my degree um, definitely was something that, that I wanted to do. My dad grew up, he was dyslexic and he didn't even graduate high school until he was like 20. So for me, growing up, me getting going to college was always just like a, a, a big goal of mine. Yeah. And uh, you said, I mean, I think some people do, I guess, make the mistake of hanging on too long. You know, there's no harm in, you know, pivoting, you know, like, I mean, that's what people do throughout their life in many different circumstances, not just career, you know, you have to pivot if something doesn't make sense. So business school was great. I still remember a few key words from, uh, from business school. You know, if you're early, you're on time, you're on time, you're late, you're late, you're fired. Um, so I still still remember some moments from those business lectures, but it made real clear sense to me really early on when I started those classes that, that wasn't, you know, that kind of job, you know, I wasn't going to go try to be like an information analyst or like some kind of, you know, business rep for, you know, some sales company or something like that. You know, everything ends up being sales and ends up being business, but it's how do you weave some other real education in there? And that's why I decided to kind of pivot and just learn more about human brain. And, you know, I love getting my degree in psychology. Well, that, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'd love to uh, actually speak into psychology. I just went to, uh, are you familiar with Jordan Peterson? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I, he was in Manchester last night. So uh, me and a couple of buddies went and saw him last night. He gave a oh, lecture right. for his new tour. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I know, know you were speaking to Patrick Bet David about that book. Actually, in the other room, I've got a podcast on that recent podcast he just did with Bill Maher. I've got that. I've oh, got that really? I haven't seen that yet. So I've got that on in the other room. I was listening to that before we jumped on this podcast. So yeah, uh, big shout out. Shot. What he's doing at uh, at Valuetainment is really awesome. So. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. The, yeah. And and that actually that's the perfect segue because I was going to start asking you about brand. Valuetainment's built a massive media brand and it just so happens that I was going to try and correlate your media company to branding in your real estate career. So uh, were you when you were running those accounts, were you in charge of also branding or did they already have brand guidelines and you sort of just implemented based on those guidelines? So I guess uh, a better way to maybe answer that would be I, I was mainly responsible in in obviously conjunction with the owners of the brands and the people that I was working with for, I think, developing like the ethos, so to speak, like the the style of, of what the company was trying to portray. Yep. And then I was responsible for all of that content and all of the posting and just all of that stuff regarding regarding the media company. So um, definitely just kind of a, col- a little bit of a collaboration and also kind of feeling out what made sense for, you know, that business, what that style was supposed to look like, you know, what, what, what really, again, the, the guy's vibe of, uh, right. of that brand was supposed to look like. Okay. And then in terms of personal branding, I mean, um, now, you know, you can't look at it right now because it's gone, but back in October, my Instagram account was, uh, was deleted, but my personal page used to be called THC underscore Samuel. And the THC came from my time as a staff writer at the hemp connoisseur. That was the magazine that I used to work at the hemp connoisseur. So the THC came from uh, me working as a staff writer there. And, uh, over time I used to do a lot of work as well in the high end glass photography scene. And I built, uh, you know, through my media company, a following on Instagram of about 22,000 people roughly. And, uh, over time, just with Instagram algorithms and stuff like that, it dropped down to about 20,000. But in October, I got an unfortunate email from Instagram saying that they had like removed my account. It had gotten like flagged for some reason. They didn't even tell me like what 
it was. They just said that your, I made a video on YouTube about it, but basically just that my account was deleted and that there wasn't anything I could do, even though like I had paid for like the, the verified badge that was supposed to give you like extra support and whatever other stuff they advertised with it. They right. just like sent me an email. It was gone. So I've got someone working to try to get that back. So hopefully I do get that, get that back. But as of now, I'm down on my Instagram account. If I get final word that I'm not going to get it recovered, um, I'll create a new one and I'll reestablish that uh, on Instagram. But then I've been very active on YouTube as well over the last few years, just with some different content, kind of like what you're doing, doing some podcasts and some interviews with some with some different people in the uh, in the music and real estate scene and art scene here in Denver. So um, regarding uh, just kind of personal brand and social media, there's just so much out there that you can do. I think a lot of people in real estate don't take advantage of it because I think it's almost the same reason that a lot of people in real estate are almost afraid of like making cold calls. You know, like a lot of people just get like nervous to like do stuff. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, like, you know, I remember being a kid, like you were nervous to ride a bike. You were nervous to go swimming for the first time, you know, like all like drive your car when you were 15 or whatever, you know, there's all certain right. experiences in life. Like when you first do it, you're like, uh, you know, I don't know about this, but once you get more used to, uh, used to doing it, then it's, it's cake. It's easy. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that's the kind of the same way with social media, personal brand, especially connected to real estate, because if people kind of followed outlines and there are various people out there in the world, you know, PBD included, but you know, the Gary Vaynerchuks out there and others that you can kind of tune into and kind of take some notes on how to start approaching this. I learned a lot originally from, from Gary V in terms of my content approach and, you know, what I was doing with social media. And I think agents miss out on, on a lot of uh, potential opportunity by not taking advantage of that. Obviously there's a balance, you know, if you don't really like social media and you really hate that, then, you know, no one's forcing you to, you know, make videos and, you know, do the social media thing. But no, it's, um, especially when you talk about the, the, the branding and, so you refer to Gary V, which is is interesting. I know a lot of people refer back to him, PBD, Valuetainment, a, a lot of these big bigger dogs, like even Andy Elliott. But Andy Elliott, like he doesn't really. I don't feel like he builds his brand. He builds his name, and his name isn't like like his brand's like a lion, and I don't even think it's called Andy Elliott, or maybe it's like the Elliott Group or something. Um, for me, I think when it comes to what, you know, at least when it comes to the correlation between media company and then specifically real estate, you know, I think if people aren't afraid to just like put themselves out there a little bit, I mean, you're doing, we're doing it right now by doing this podcast. I mean, you do the unestablished tycoons podcast. It's little things like that, you know, being able to just flip your camera around, even if it's just your Facebook page and just being able to talk to whatever audience is your audience, whether it's your 500 friends on Facebook or the 20 or 30,000 people that you maybe build up on to an Instagram page or a TikTok page or whatever it might be. A lot of people are afraid to just flip the camera around and just not don't do it enough. They don't repeat the process right. enough to end up getting comfortable with it. Because if you do, just like anything else, just like reps in the gym or riding a bike or anything else that we talked about, you know, the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. I'm sure your first episode of the podcast was probably like a little like, uh, you know, you oh, know a little nervous. Dude, it sounded like, scripted. It was like, it was a horror yeah, exactly. show. Exactly. So like the first time you do anything, it's not like the smoothest thing, but then once you get more reps at it, it just gets better and better. So the agents that are out there that might be listening that are like afraid to do social media or like afraid or not knowing maybe how to brand themselves. It's really just about you. You know what I mean? Just be yourself, you know, post what you're doing. People like seeing that you're busy, you know, so there's just certain things that you can kind of tune in on from other people that have already obviously kind of written the script on what to do. It's just about going out and executing it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of, agents at least in my area and i'm sure in your area too that that do and, and not even agents I'll, I'll just just any business owner of any type who 
who are implementing like both branding strategies but also content strategies based on the brand and so eventually they they build something where you know if if they don't use their name as the brand people automatically refer to them or their company or their service by that brand and you know like like i said valuetainment i mean a lot of people know pbd's name but it's interesting that you say that because actually the founder of rock real estate partners ramon people think that because his name is ramon casaus that like the o is like that it's his that it's his initials right but it's not he didn't want to name the brokerage and the team after him for exactly what you just said he wanted to build the reputation of the group of the rock real estate partners of what the clients what are what we do for our clients what that service experience is like what we offer our clients as its brand not connected to just him just his work just his name so i think that's an important aspect of branding as well and i think with real estate you know for people that are solo agents it's a it's a it's a kind of like a one, two, if you don't own a team, if you're not an owner, owner of a broker or something like that, then your personal brand is you, you right. are, you know, Tyler from unestablished tycoons. I am, you know, Samuel Farley with rock real estate partners. So it's like the more you can just kind of like own that and just be yourself. Cause you know, people ultimately want to work with you for who you are, you know what I mean? For the level of service that you provide. So the more authentically you can just relay that through what you do and what you post on social media and stuff, I think the better. Right. Right. And, and you know, the, I will say too that there is like the the more the more the industry is gearing towards content and technology and social media, the more of a gap is left open for the old school methods. Because you know, for those people who are who will not get in front of a screen, they will not turn the camera, they will not post on social media. It's also a golden time for them because a lot of a lot of people and a lot of agents specifically are barely doing direct mail. I know so many agents who've never touched direct mail. If, oh, if for you sure. were an agent and, 20 years ago, all you were doing was direct mail. And I, I think you just hit on it. I mean, I think some people think that like making a social media post or like doing a few things on just social media is enough. And like, that's like, oh, if I, I did five Instagram posts this week and three on Facebook, I'm going to get leads. And like, that's right. going to, that's, what's going to spark the business. It's like, that's actually such a small in the scope of what you actually do to build your business. The social media and the online branding and stuff is relatively small compared to the actual daily activities of brick by brick building your business. Cause it doesn't just like populate out of nowhere. It's a brick by brick kind of process. And if you're not there to build that brick by brick, then you're not just going to all of a sudden make one Instagram video and have an entire book of business for the rest of your career. That's not, that's, that's how no one's built the business for themselves. So I think some people have a misconception. And I think you really do have to like, you say get back to those basics and the agents that don't care about social media that's fine because there still is plenty of room like i'm like you said mailers i'm glad you actually mentioned mailers i just got a new lead down the street from my house because i sent i send out mailers to my neighborhood i sent out a little just a little basic one i sent out a mac and cheese recipe um, oh you were telling me about that yeah yeah, just a little targeted mailer just to like people that I know have lived in the properties for a certain amount of time and stuff like that. And one of my neighbors, three houses down, responded to it. I went over yesterday, actually knocked on the door. They weren't home, but I dropped off a little uh, little one page, little property analysis form in my card and um, look forward to talking to them outside or, you know, and just in the neighborhood over the next few weeks. But like you said, doing stuff like that, it's really to build a business. You have to do so many things. You can't just say that like, oh, I'm going to post here and that's going to be it. Or I'm just going to make these calls and that's going to be it. Like none of right. that is the answer. Right. And there's something to be said for like, you know, you get to use social media as a gallery. So if you want to like it, it out of all the channels, the best one that you could direct people towards for like 
you know, validation, industry validation, and, and so on would be that social media page, right? So like, if you have a QR code on all your visual branding, so all your direct mail, all your newspaper ads, all your billboard ads, all your indoor billboard ads, you know, magnets on your truck, whatever, if you have the QR code to drive them to the social media, it's a better for industry validation and a gallery than I think it is for lead generation directly. But at the same time, my reach could be 30,000, 40,000 on Facebook for pennies on the dollar in comparison to direct mail, what you need to build for a cold calling team, texting, you know, and so if, if you just like, if, if you t- make it very simple and go by the rule of seven, you got to touch somebody seven times in, in terms of marketing. Well, it wouldn't it be better to give them two, two mailing touches, two colding touch, cold calling touches to Facebook touch, you know what I mean? Like, so they're seeing you in different veins because one of the things that you said, it's a brick by brick business. Well, if each, if each marketing channel is a different color brick, some people take better to blue, some people take better to red. And so it's a matter of like, you know, maximizing it. And that's not cheap. It's, it's a lot of work and it's very expensive to do, which is why I think most people try and stick to mastering one lead funnel but I think that you lose out on, well, the fair share of every other piece of the business that you could be getting if you just invested. I agree with that. And I also think something that you touched on is like people kind of don't want to take kind of those further steps. If they just invest in that one aspect, they think that's enough when really you need like a pizza. When you buy a pizza, it's a bad, might be a bad analogy. But when you buy a pizza, you're not just buying the one slice to make a whole pie. You literally need all of the pieces. So if you're doing social, that's great. But to speak to what you said, social it can kind of be for some people just an area where clients can kind of see that, hey, this person's doing business. This person's out there in the world. And that can be a positive. I think something else that is important to touch on is really just like general SEO. Like it's important for people to try to get Zillow reviews on their profile, to have a YouTube channel if they can, to have a Instagram page if they can, to try to go on local podcasts or, you know, interviews with local investors and stuff like that if they can. So that have Zillow and Realtor.com, you know, all of those website reviews populate on there so that when someone does find you or you do meet a client at a coffee shop or you do hand someone your card or whatever it might be, someone can Google, you know, I'm sure someone Googles you, Tyler, and Googles your last name and this podcast comes up. You know what I mean? Because you've done episodes and episodes and there's history of what you've done online and your previous work. People can kind of see that, okay, this guy probably does good business. The goal, I think, of a lot of agents, too, is to have that kind of, I guess, positive reputation to where someone can Google, you know, hopefully when if you Googled Samuel Farley Denver, my Zillow profile would be like the first thing that comes up. You'd probably see my YouTube page. You'd probably see a couple of the other interviews and stuff that I've done. And for new clients, that's, I guess, important because it's a it's like a socially validating kind of thing. You know, I'm not just like you know, someone that's not out there actually doing the business. Right. Right. So I think that's where people can take advantage of kind of those other outlets, even if it is, you know, just one Facebook post a week or something like that, just being able to kind of keep yourself out there in those different avenues so that you give yourself the widest net to, to bring that business in. Yeah, absolutely. and might see a post of yours someone might meet you at an open house and google you from your business card and if if someone googles you and nothing comes up on google then are they gonna like are they gonna really be like oh does this person like you know how good is this person at real estate is this person really in the business you know they're gonna it might stir up some questions when if they google you and the other thing that pops up is just a bunch of five-star reviews that you've crushed houses selling houses for people 
automatically gives you a little bit more validation, a little bit more of a different opinion when it comes to, you know, landing those, those potential newer clients, those first time, uh, those first time leads. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you said it perfectly. And so, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about last week, I think it was, was you getting into this newer role and managing a team and your, your team, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, provides a, a fair amount of amenities to your agents in terms of marketing yeah. and CRM platform and things like that. So talk a little bit about those amenities and then let's just also touch on the marketing am amenities that you guys offer the agents as well. Yeah, so really, I guess our system and I guess what brought me into the system itself with Rock and Place and was what was so appealing about it for me was because I came from running my media business. So like I knew very well how to like structure and how to how to run a company, so to speak, in that in that regard and how to do that for a number of years. But real estate's a totally separate game, right? I look at real estate as like, you know, even if you ran, you know, you can call it whatever business you want, whether you had an ice cream store or, you know, a landscaping business, media company, whatever it is, real estate's a totally separate game. And I look at real estate and what I've kind of talked to some agents about and a lot of them tend to agree is when you're a newly licensed agent um, I'm only going to speak on you know my experience um, with my my experience with exp because I got licensed with exp and I haven't switched brokerages you know it might be different other places but when you first get your license you're kind of like someone that just gets dropped off in like the middle of the ocean that has like you know I guess like a basket of all the stuff you'd need to build a raft to get back to land right but you don't have instructions you don't really know how to do it you just you're just there with the stuff right so you get your license, you're licensed, you have your, you have your MLS, you have your online trainings, you have your state broker that you can ask questions. So you have all that stuff, right? But how do you actually put it together and to make a business? You know, how do you actually get the process going? How do you actually build it? So when I got introduced to Rock, the system that Rock in place operates in made it very, very just clear to me. I was like, okay, like that makes sense. And what we offer our agents is basically an entire structure. We call it building the machine. A lot of agents are looking for a system where they can build their business to a point where they have consistent deals, where they're doing one or two deals or three deals a month, whatever it might be, or even just the one deal a month, right? And to get there, a lot of agents don't really know what to do. They have a few hundred contacts, maybe 150 contacts just from their database, from like doing open houses and from their sphere, but they don't really know how to put all of those ingredients together to really make something. So when we bring people onto the team, we teach them how to bring all of those pieces together. We structure everything in our brevity is the CRM that we use. It's a technology platform owned by place. I can kind of get into that a little bit later if you want to, but brevity is uh, in my opinion, at least uh, a much stronger CRM platform than what I was given as KV core. KV core is not bad, but it's just not as, um, integrated. It's not as technologically advanced as Brivity. Brivity is a really great system. I mean, when you plug a client into Brivity, you know what their status is. You've got notes on them. You, you know how many times you've called them. You've got them on market. You've got, you know your whole system in there if you're running it properly. And when you multiply that model by 300, 500, 600 people, 1,000 people, you know, people have databases of 5,000 people or more, I think, in place. When you multiply that model across that many number of clients, all of a sudden it makes a lot of sense how when you come into our system with the training and with the resources where you understand how to build the business. You understand that you're only going to really have to focus on revenue, what we call revenue producing activities. You know, a lot of agents spend a lot of time either scheduling their photos, taking the photos themselves, God forbid, you know, with their iPhone at a listing, um, doing, making their own graphics for social media posts for open houses, 
doing the MLS inputs and stuff themselves that sometimes takes an hour or two, depending on how, how quick you are at doing it for new agents. That takes a very long time, a lot of times. So we have a lot of systems in place to where we only want people on our team to focus on revenue producing activities. So between our CRM and then our backend structure, we basically present it as like a front end, back end kind of system to where everybody that's in real estate ideally really does like to focus on the front end. You know, I want to be meeting clients. I want to be negotiating deals. I want to be signing contracts. I want to be spending less of my time doing the computer work, making graphics, doing all of that other stuff, right? Scheduling photos, you know, doing all of the input and stuff like that. I'd rather be doing as many meetings and client appointments as possible and separate my time that way, right? So it allows for what our system really allows for, and I guess what we offer our agents is that structure and that whole machine setup that if you come in and you learn how to build that machine, that's what it is to where I know every day that when I clock into my system of who I'm talking to, who I need to chat with, what their timelines are. And I also know that I don't have to, you know, I've got a couple of listings that are hitting the market over the next few weeks. I'm not going to be the one that sits there and does all of that MLS data input. I'm going to get an email that's saying, Hey, Sam, looks like your listing and photos are all ready to go. Why don't you log in and check it out? Make sure that everything is copacetic, that it all looks correct. Cause obviously no one can post it. Uh, but me, I'm the one that obviously has to post it live, but we have assistance and backend teams in place to where that'll all get inputted for me. I'll be able to double check everything, make sure that all of the data is right, rearrange the photos if I want to, edit the description, all of that stuff, and then post it live. And instead of me spending that two or three hours, whatever it might be doing that, I can spend another two or three hours meeting another client, making more prospecting calls, negotiating another deal. And it ends up being a really, what I call, I guess, an easy picture of how you build this business and what activities an agent has to focus on and what activities our team gets to focus on for you so that you have that partnership. Ultimately, it's a partnership with, with rock. Right, right, right. Okay. And so, and you know, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go, no, 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 go ahead. I guess I was just going to finish, I guess, answering the question in terms of like what we offer our agents get once they kind of graduate through our program and they've done a few deals, they get access to our TC. So they get a transaction coordinator as they grow, they get a showing agent as they, as they do more deals. And then obviously we've got a whole internal marketing team. So like, let's say Tyler, you were an agent on our team and you just set up an open house for this weekend, right? Instead of you spending the next two hours of your day making open house graphics, you would spend 30 seconds of your day sending a, a document to one of our re, virtual assistants. And then three or four hours later, you'd get a ding to your email or to our Zoom channel with five or six graphics and your open house sign and sheet and all of that. So right. that instead of spending two hours doing that graphics, you know, you can spend time working. And then to the marketing, really, um, we just, we partner with some fantastic photography companies. So all of our agents, you know, they get, you know, all of our, all of that is included in what we offer. And uh, it's just a great overall system in terms of how to build. Again, it's like build, building the machine, building the business. So. Right. Well, and that's interesting too, a, a lot of what you guys offer because, well, you, you touched on it perfectly, what was delegation. I mean, especially like the virtual assistants and things like that. Um, you know, even today I got caught up in like re I was like, I got to re-edit an ad this week. And I, I started opening like Artlist.io and I'm like, all right, how am I going to get the sounds? And then I, I, I look down, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why don't I just send it to Fiverr? 10 bucks. Right. And you know what I mean? And so I, I, I think we're all victim to the mentality that we have to do everything ourselves. Not even because of that whole, like, oh, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Not even because of that, but I think we just, we, we, we get involved so much into our business and into growing our business that we forget that along the way, we don't have to be qualified to hire out jobs. 
Like, we don't have to be overly qualified to send out a job to, to a, an independent contractor to take care of something simple like us, like that. And I think that people think that they need to get to a certain point before they're supposed to pay somebody to do something. So I think, you know, people approach the business all sorts of ways. That's one of the reasons that made the partnership with Rock and Place so appealing to me is because I understood it. I had spent years running my own business. I understood it. I understood that these are the activities, the revenue generating activities that I actually want to spend my time on. These are the activities that are going to have to get done no matter what. It's whether I'm the one spending my working hours doing it or my evening hours doing it or my weekend hours doing it. And instead of me putting in that extra time, it allows for a much healthier work-life balance and then also allows for me to really grow the business because literally all of my working time is spent on revenue generating activities. I don't spend any time making graphics. I don't spend any time doing any of the other things unless it's meeting clients, prospecting, having appointments, negotiating contracts, showing homes, you know what I mean? Everything right. that I do is only in the realm of pushing my business forward because I have that partnership and I let the team do everything else. I let our backend systems handle everything else. Yeah. And, you and know, trying to do it all themselves. And then they forget that really how you grow the business is having that backend structure so that you can actually get more clients. Because if you were doing it all yourself, it's very easy to either get overwhelmed or just like you were saying, have to then hire out individually everything that you need when that's what we try to offer everybody is that kind of just package. Right. And you know, that that's a perfect situation of a win-win because like your agents, they win by getting all these systems and, and backend puzzle pieces put put forth for them so that not only do they understand the entire transaction and why things happen the way they happen, but they also never have to do them. You know what I mean? Like they, they understand they go why through it's the mental yeah. And they do go through the mentor program. So I do walk our agents through their first three deals. So they do have an understanding of how to do it. But then it's about how do you scale after you understand the process and how to do it. It's like someone going into the business and like learning every aspect of the business so that they're aware of the whole company, right? Once you know how to do it, then you can, de like you said, delegate, and then we can move on and then you can start to scale. Right. I mean that, you know, I, I always say this and I probably sound like a broken record on this podcast, but you can't teach a janitor how to sweep a floor if you've never done it. You know what I mean? And it, it, you know, there is, there is a degree of like, you know, humility that you need to have when, when you're getting into a new industry or any industry for that matter, even if it's not brand new to you, you should understand before you're going to delegate and, and, and direct people on how they should do it. Because I mean, that, that's just kind of common sense. So I think, yeah, it's super important, but I like what you guys do. And you know, that our talk was awesome because that kind of helped me you know, formulate a plan for, well, how am I going to go about building a team down the line as well? And so the way I see it as a win-win is that I would do something very similar to what you guys do, build a team that offers, you know, a lot of various amenities, but my win back would sort of be like, all right, well, as we're generating leads and things like that, my, my other business could use some of those leads and obviously there'd be compensation. But the idea is that like you get to build this win-win for both the agent by making them a better agent and helping them do more deals. And my win would be, well, I get to grow another business with these leads. And so I think truly those are the best scenarios to have. Not when you're going as a, you know, solo agent or joining a team where, you know, the only thing that they offer is a framed picture of your license in the office and that's it. I mean, there's, I, I did a lot of interviews. There's a lot of places that, you know, don't really, 
I guess, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors. I don't think that's the right analogy, but like really don't offer, I should say, don't offer the pillars of like what you actually need to grow your business. Right. And then people get caught up in like, and this is what I think is like, you know, obviously splits are important, but if you only do three deals a year, why does it matter if you get 80% of your commission? Right. Like, why is it? Why does it why does it matter you did three deals you know what i mean like if you're trying to do 25 deals that starts to matter less because then there's you understand what that partnership actually looks like because you're having so much of that back end handled by you know our, the structure that we have in place in our team and you're actually the one that's negotiating those 25 deals and not having to do all of that other excess back end work to that would ultimately stop you from being able to grow as quickly right right yeah exactly so um no, that that's interesting, man. I, it, it's cool to, you know, it's cool that you kind of jumped in head first, especially not really managing any employees at your prior company to managing a team of agents. Um, I know we touched on that last week and that's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's gotta be, I imagine a, a complete 180 from running, running a company with the only person to manage is yourself to literally running a team of personalities of salespeople, which are probably the hardest personalities to deal with. Yeah, it's a, it's been a, a big transition. It's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been something that obviously like I signed up for, I wanted to do it, you know, cause me having the, the experience with my, with my media company, um, I just felt it was kind of something that again, that I was kind of just ready for. And, uh, with the experience that I had with the media company and then kind of going back to, to what I studied in school, it just kind of all started to connect a little bit. And in terms of like, I guess the position of like leading the team, I'm just really grateful. I've got some great, great teammates. I mean, everybody that I work with in Colorado and on the whole rock team, they're all just great individuals, you know? So I think it starts off with like really just being able to work with great people that really want to produce good results and sell real estate and build a business for themselves. And then on my end, it's really just how can I use my experience with my previous business? How can I use my experience with what I got my degree in? How can I use just all of the experience that I've cultivated so far in life to, you know, hopefully help them in a way that pushes their business forward and is productive and you know big a way as possible because that's also what we offer our agents on the team is really I, today i was telling you that before we jumped on but this is i think my 10th meeting of the day i've got one more uh later today but i do one-on-one -on -one meetings for a half an hour on tuesdays with all of my agents and we go through their systems we go through their crm we talk about deals they're working on we talked about negotiations that they had open houses we talk about everything that they're working on so that we can fine tune you know how do we really start pushing that business forward and i just hope uh, from my perspective that uh that i give them some good Good little nuggets of uh, information and that you know we're really there as a team at, at rock to just help people and support them as best as possible in building that business so it's been a lot of fun um definitely challenging uh, you know i was i was couple times this week over the last week i've been up at nine o'clock helping you know helping agents with uh with contracts and stuff like that so a new role but something that i've been uh, excited about and it's been a lot of fun because it's also i guess to talk on the difference between real estate and media and especially leading the team versus my media company you know i've got photos and like some of the stuff behind me is like articles and stuff that i've written uh in the past and all of that is great but there's such a deeper and higher level i think of satisfaction and the level of work that you do when it comes to real estate transactions whether it's working with investors, whether it's working with single family, uh, first time home buyers, 
it's a much more satisfying experience to me when you work with a client that's really excited to buy their first house and you finally get to pass them the keys to that property than it is when I took an awesome photo. Like right. it's really cool that I, that I took an awesome photo. Like that's great. Oh, that's going to make a great Instagram post or, you know, that's going to get a bunch of likes or like whatever it might be like, that's neat. But like the actual, like real satisfaction of the experience of the job and of the work process is so much cooler when someone calls you a few months later saying, Oh, we just did this to the house or now we're about to start a family. You know, now we're pregnant. We're having a family in the house, you know, just all the different stuff that happens when you're connected to someone buying a home, you know? Right. So I just think that, you know, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I think everybody on the team, hopefully, at rock kind of feels somewhat similar because i think everybody in the business that uh, that we work with at, at rock kind of approaches it that same way where we're just really trying to help people and uh enjoy it along the way you know enjoy the process right. with our clients yeah and i like that you said it's not cool it's neat like you know the, the photos and things like that and the likes that's a good way to put it neat i like that word because that's the best way i think i completely agree to differentiate the two like it's it's yeah i'll Sorry, am I breaking up here? It just uh, it just did a little bit of yeah. a glitch. We're okay. good now. All right, sweet. I wanted to give – I know you got to jump in a couple minutes, so I want to do a couple last things before. But a little story about my first transaction, my first purchase. Um, when I – so I bought a duplex, and I condo converted it, so I split off the sides. And so the right side still had the tenant in it, the left side I was flipping. So I was doing work to the left side. So I always plan to give my tenant the first right of refusal on, on her unit. And it just so happened that her mother-in-law wanted to buy my, the unit I was flipping. So when I tell you like the most fulfilling thing I've ever experienced was sitting at the closing table with the two grandchildren, the grandparents and the daughter and the son or the daughter-in-law and the son all together, like ha damn near in tears because their dream was always to like live right next door to each other. That was always their dream. Dude, that was the most fulfilling. I, I, I can confidently say the most fulfilling moment of my life up until this point. No, that's so cool. And I think that's, that's really my perspective on the whole, like why I like doing real estate more than my media company. Obviously my media company was great, but why I really believe in real estate and why I think it's so satisfying and such an enjoyable <clears throat> career path to kind of walk down and to follow is just because of that. You know, there's multiple examples of where you're going to have that experience where someone's going to call you, where you're going to be able to help someone into that first home or help someone buy a place where they could take care of their grandma or have a baby or whatever it might be. That's like life changing for them. And that's a really cool experience or helping investor do a house flip that helps change their financial future and their financial outlook like there's just so many different ways that helping someone with a property ends up being just like a really great experience so yeah. i i just think i think it's a great business to be in absolutely absolutely so i know we're at 50 i want to one thing i always do and i i've actually just kind of made this something that i might want to continue to do is i ask everyone's one three five and ten year goals and then whatever you say for one year if if we're still, you know, if, if we're still connected in a year or something, my whole goal is to get everybody back and kind of show like, you know, reflect on that goal that they had set for themselves or whatever. And just like, whatever, catch up and talk about like, what is it that you did in 365 days to hit that one year? And maybe it can give some insight to people who are looking to kind of just take action on certain things. So one, three, five and 10 year goals. No, that's awesome. And first, uh, just as we're wrapping up the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. Um, <clears throat> been a lot of fun to just chat a little bit about real estate and uh, just have this conversation. So really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, um, in man. terms of 
that uh, that you know one you said one five ten or was that one yeah one, one three, three five ten yeah just one three okay. five ten yep um, so in terms of the one I mean my goal for twenty twenty four was to at least double my business from twenty twenty three so my goal my goal was to to double what I did last year so I'm hoping to hit you know at least eleven million in uh, in sales this year at least twenty two transactions. Um, overall by the time I wrap up 2024. So that's, I guess, my goal for the next 12 months. And statistically, in terms of what I've got lined up with with my business, I should do, uh, I should do just that, hopefully a little bit more uh, from what I've got lined up, you know, knock on wood, even if not all of, uh, you know, even if 70% or 60% of what I've got lined up closes, I should still double what I did last year. So um, exciting about that. And that's also just a part of like, I guess, the, um, the validation of just going through the process and building that machine, you know, you really go through it and it really does work. Um, in terms of the, the three years out, um, three years out is interesting. I mean, three years out, obviously at rock, cause we're so new, uh, by, by three years out, we're going to have a nice office location, I think here in Denver. That's, nice. a, that's a goal of mine for sure is to, to have rock built out to, you know, probably around a dozen agents, you know, we're at seven right now. So over the next couple, you know, a couple of years, probably build it out to a handful more, probably get us up to about a dozen agents and hopefully a solid office space, uh, in somewhere downtown Denver, probably, you know, we'll have to figure out, talk to talk about that with Ramon, but some kind of office space that, uh, that we can all, uh, be at together, which would be really, really cool. Um, and then, uh, I think in terms of other goals, it's really, uh, my fiance and I are trying to buy another property. You know, we own this house in North Denver and we're trying to get another house probably in 2025 or 2026. So it's really just kind of expanding the, the portfolio for us and continuing to invest. And then, uh, you know, 10 years out, you know, you know, I think 10 years out is more of a, when I think 10 years out, I think I'm thinking more of like a personal goals, honestly, you know, 10 years out, I hope to uh, have been able to start a family by then. And obviously with, with my real estate business, um, that's just something that I, I really love doing. So 10 years from now, I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon. So I, love I think it. I'll still be cranking, cranking out, cranking out some home sales. Um, but yeah, really uh, excited for kind of that next kind of, you know, growing phases of growing the team, growing my business and seeing what the next few years is going to bring. I love that, man. Yeah. So February 6, 2025, 22 transactions under the belt. Lock it in, man. Let's do another follow-up interview in February, man. Let's, uh, let's lock it in. Let's do it. I love it, dude. Um, so the last thing that I do, I close off on is I always have the last guest ask a question for the next guest. So you'll leave a question right after. Doesn't, it can be any kind of question. The only kind of requirement, so to speak, is that however, the person answers and you have no idea who the person is. However, they answer the question would be in a way that they could just bring some sort of value to the, the listener, like the actual true value. Got it. No, I think that's a good way to end the, end the episode. Um, I'd so, probably say, well, I was going to, I'm yeah. going to ask you the last guest question first. Oh, you're going to ask yeah. me. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. So he oh, left a question. He said, um, how are, how are you making time for yourself and your family at this point in time? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I think real estate provides a unique opportunity because, you know, one of the reasons why I've been entrepreneurial, I guess, my whole life is because I was never attached to the idea of having someone else control when I had to show up and what my hourly rate was going to be and all of that. Like, oh, you got to clock in at eight o'clock and you got to be here till six. You know, that was never kind of my style. So I really always was attracted to the entrepreneurial kind of life that real estate kind of provides. And in terms of that balance, it's really 
time blocking. I mean, time blocking is so huge. I mean, you got to like take, you got to take responsibility, I'd say for your schedule and for your time. I mean, you got to like show up when you're supposed to show up. I mean, if, if you're free nine to 12 to prospect, then you better be prospecting nine to 12, not like on TikTok or like watching ESPN or like whatever it might be. And then doing like an hour of prospecting, thinking that like you're moving the needle because like you're probably not moving the needle with one hour of work. You know what I mean? So I think really just like showing up for yourself during the times that you time block to do those activities and then also showing up for your family and showing up for the people that are in your personal life when you set those times up. You know, like if you're going out to dinner with your girlfriend or your partner, whatever it might be, don't like negate that and don't cancel that because, you know, a call comes in or something like that, you know, because most things in real estate, a good piece of advice that I was given when I started this career in real estate was that there are very few like really true, true emergencies in real estate, like almost, almost everything for the most part, especially when you're negotiating and stuff like that, or looking at properties with clients, almost everything for the most part can wait six hours, 12 hours, or potentially to the next day. So if it's, you know, eight o'clock at night and I'm watching a movie with my fiance and I'm pretty much done for the day, you know, sometimes obviously I will get back to a client that I'm working with right away, but if it's 10 o'clock and I'm sleeping, it's, it's fine. You know, it's the right. next day. There's, there's always another day to really handle that business. Obviously the sense of urgency is very important, but I think it's separating like, okay, well now it's time for dinner with my family. Now right. it's time that we're going to see And during those times to let your phone be off, not answer a call and know that you, it's okay to get back to a client an hour later or a right. couple hours later after dinner, whatever it might be. And to really like separate that because your work time should be your work time and your family life should be your family life. Really. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I, I so, have that little dial timer. Um, I just got that cause I'm like, like ridden with ADHD. So I'll just sit there like, you know, five minutes in completely on a different wavelength. So it's helped me like phones on, do not disturb timers on, and like, all right, 90 straight minutes. Reading's my biggest my biggest weakness is actually sitting down with a book. That's like a fucking nightmare for me. So this, this might have speaking speak to the book thing. This is what I do personally. I love I read a lot. I love reading, but I don't start a chapter and, and then I, I don't start a chapter unless I finish it. Like once you start a chapter, you just gotta finish it, even if right. it's just one. But you can't you can't start it unless it's like a book that, you know, the chapters are, you know, whatever, seventy pages or something. That's some of the 20, books I read, pages. yeah. Well, if, if it's like that, then maybe you read half a chapter, yeah. but no matter what, like, Hey, like I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to read one chapter. I'm going to read the half chapter, whatever it might be, whatever you decide you're going to do. And then you just commit to really doing that. I think right. it's the commitment to the activity that a lot of people um, kind of miss on and then actually follow through with that commitment, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, uh, what do you got for the next, next person? Oh man. Uh, for the next person that's on, I'd say, <clears throat> you know, kind of like in a similar vein, you know, not necessarily on the personal line, but what has the next guest done over the previous 12 months that they think has been the most crucial to their success coming into these, this next 12 months in 2024? Like what was the most important thing they did in 2023 that they think is going to help propel them to the most success this year? Gotcha. Like if they had to pick one thing, if they had to pick one thing to do again or do over and over again, what would, what would that be? Gotcha. Okay. What have you done well in the last 12 months that propels the next 12? Yeah, or that you would find critical to success during the next 12, yeah. Gotcha. Perfect. I love it. Yeah, man, this, uh, this was awesome. I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you got a busy schedule. I'm sure you're absolutely meeting doubt by this point in the day. No, I appreciate you. 
Tyler, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, thank you so much to you know anybody that's tuning in. Hopefully this was uh, valuable in, in some capacity to someone listening. And yeah, just really grateful and appreciative uh, that you took the time to have me on today. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. And uh, just if you want to- When you're to, in Denver, uh, you got to hit me up. Oh, absolutely, dude. Yeah, I got to get out there soon. I want to go to Breckenridge, but I keep telling Nick, like, I don't know how to ski. So that might not turn out well. Hey, go up to Breckenridge and drink hot chocolate and walk around. It's there cool. we go. There we go. Waffle House. Um, but yeah, if you want to plug anything too, like I know you have a YouTube, I know you said your Instagram got shut down, but if you want to throw any of those out there, feel free. Yeah, sure. I mean, if anybody wants to subscribe to the YouTube channel, that would be awesome. You can find me on YouTube at THC Samuel. Uh, a lot of content on YouTube. I don't just focus on real estate stuff there. I've done interviews with rappers, podcasts with rappers, um, art reviews, local business, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, so a bunch of different stuff on my YouTube channel if you want to check that out. And then obviously uh, the company Rock Real Estate Partners, we're on Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff. So if you guys want to follow us and contact us um, here to do some work in Denver. And then obviously I think Tyler... Um, you know, you can probably find my info online, but obviously Samuel Farley with Rock Real Estate Partners. And if anybody's out there looking for uh, some business or needs any help real estate related in Denver, would obviously love to work with anybody that's tuned into this show or that's listened in the past. So uh, yeah, check us out, Rock Real Estate Partners on Instagram, Facebook, and then yeah, check out my YouTube channel and would love to uh, would love to help anybody out with, uh, with their real estate needs uh, in the Denver area. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you coming on today. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. You too.